You're listening to This Week in South Baltimore, brought to you by SouthBmore.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to This Week in South Baltimore. Here we are in the first week of August 2020. COVID is unfortunately still among us. We got a lot of new updates to talk about this week, and of course, as always, I am your host, Nate Carper, and I'm joined by Kevin Lynch. Kev, let's get that COVID stuff out of the way. What do you think? Yeah, so let's just get all that COVID stuff out of the way early this time. Just something got to the new reality we're in. But um, uh, the restaurant, the restaurant situation in Baltimore and really throughout the world has been very fluid. So right now, Baltimore restaurants are allowed to open their dining rooms back up to 25 percent capacity. So hopefully with a hybrid of allowing some indoor dining again, and then we have all this new outdoor seating Hopefully this is a model for restaurants that can hopefully at least allow them to uh, break even. Um, weather's at really hot out there right now. So hopefully when the weather cools down a little bit, those those outdoor seats will be more desirable. But uh, good news for restaurants. They are allowed to uh, have customers back in their dining rooms again. Uh, the Baltimore Running Festival, which is just a massive event for Baltimore City. You have the marathon, you have the half marathon, all kinds of relays. And quite honestly, uh, as COVID's been going on, I feel like so many people have become runners. I just see people running nonstop. <laughs> so if there was a Baltimore running festival this year, I feel like uh, participants would have been at a record high. But obviously, with everything going on, they are doing a virtual event this year. So they're going to uh, give out some info about a course you can run on your own time. So uh, certainly a big change there. But uh, there's a lot of people out there running. So this could be a, a good interactive way to uh, spice up their run. And then uh, Governor Hogan kind of updated an order on masks. He's encouraging, well, I guess the order is you have to wear masks outdoors, really anywhere where social distancing isn't uh, something you can do. So uh, encouraging more people to wear masks everywhere they go. Uh, Walking around town, I don't know that uh, much is different this week from last week, but uh, certainly uh, they are encouraging people to wear masks when you can't social distance. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. More masks, hopefully less transmission, and we can all get back to normal sooner. Kev, this is one thing I'm really excited about because I know when it originally started, of what I, I want to say a few years ago, um, you know, there was this talk about the maglev, and I know it's you know a hot topic, and you know there's good and bad and all that stuff, just like anything else. But um, I just think this is the future, and I, I'm I'm excited to hear about what's going on with that. If if we're gonna get a, you know, can, are we gonna be able to go, get to DC in like 35 seconds or what? uh 35 seconds times whatever gets us to 15 minutes uh so i guess maybe 35 times uh 28 or something like that but uh okay yeah (laughs) so yeah the the maglev train which is a uh magnetic levitation technology which is a a technology out of japan and uh, japan would be one of the investors on this project uh they're uh they're looking to uh, create a model to show this is a great technology and hopefully it, uh, it spreads around the world. But the first leg of this maglev will go from uh, Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. So it'll be a ride 15 minutes from Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. You know, there'll also be a stop at BWI Thurgood Marshall Airport. So it'll be 15 minutes from Baltimore to D.C., eight minutes from BWI to D.C., and five minutes from BWI to Baltimore. So really what the the big research and debate and decision to make for Baltimore is where do you put the station? Um, They're looking at Cherry Hill, you know, the neighborhood in South Baltimore there on the middle branch. Uh, That is the location that would 
be the most cost effective as they could build an above ground station. There's hypothetically a lot of room to buy out property there where you could build your garages and your offices and some some built some ancillary buildings for this station. Um, but, you know, when you're in Cherry Hill, you really got to if you think about a station like the Maglev, which potentially could be a huge center of commerce and travel and tourism and things, you'd really have to build everything around the station in Cherry Hill. You'd have to build up Cherry Hill. You'd have to build up the adjacent Westport neighborhood and the adjacent Lakeland neighborhood to make where our station is a place where you could work, a place where you could stay in a hotel, a place where you could visit. So really that would be your blank slate location where here there, there's certainly the space and the, the area to do an above ground station in Cherry Hill, but you really got to build up everything around it. There is a large 43 acre Westport waterfront parcel adjacent to where this station could be. And they've talked about developing that for many years. So maybe that's an area you could really put some exciting mixed use development, transit use development as there's light rail station in Cherry Hill and Westport. So, so that's certainly your, your blank slate location. And then the other location they're looking at is, really by Camden Yards, Camden Station there in, in downtown Baltimore, where you'd already be next to the stadiums, next to the convention center, next to the Inner Harbor, in the heart of downtown, we already have a lot of offices and hotels. So that station, they say just the station alone would cost $500 million more million because you'd have to dig a big hole in the ground and build the underground station. Would that require taking out part of the Federal Reserve building that's there or taking out part of the convention center to do this, would there be a long-term road closure to, to make that happen? So certainly that's a station where really you're in the heart of the action uh, if you get off a train there, but it would be a much more expensive station and a much more intensive construction project. So we will see where they go with that. But you know, the goal for this maglev train is to eventually go from Baltimore to New York city, maybe all the way up to Boston at some point. So really, you know, they're pitching it as you could live in Baltimore and, and work in New York City and get to New York City in 45 minutes. And obviously the, the salaries in New York City are going to be higher than there in Baltimore. You could get to D.C. in 15 minutes. There's going to be a leg to uh, Wilmington, Delaware and Philadelphia. So certainly those trips will be pretty short. I don't know the exact time on that, but certainly, you know, they're pitching this as, you know, the future. You know, they said, uh, you know, a generation ago, they they made I-95 happen. And this is our chance to spend a lot of money and take care of our children and our grandchildren so that they can have, uh, you know, a world, a world-class transit option. And, you know, who knows, uh, they say there's like 50 million people that live in this quarter between New York city and Washington. If you can connect them all within an hour of each other, uh, that could certainly have an impact. So we will watch this project. They're hoping to, they're working on a environmental impact statement through uh, multiple government agencies. And that's supposed to be done in 2022. They're hoping maybe in 2022 they can start their acquisition of properties and right aways and maybe start construction that same year. The goal is to uh, get that ride from D.C. to Baltimore available, hopefully within the decade. So we'll see if they can make that happen. And as far as costs, they're saying um, as, as far as riding it goes, they're looking at maybe a dollar a mile. So that would be you know 36 miles likely between Baltimore, D.C. So it really could be like a $72 round trip. So. You know, they're hoping maybe some some employers will, will want to help, uh, you know, their workers maybe buy down that cost. Right. Maybe there's a way that um, government could get involved. That's not something they're asking for, but maybe there's a way that uh, 
there is a way to bring down that cost a little bit, but they, they certainly talk about, you know, if you do work in DC, you know, maybe your, 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 your car's about 50 cents a mile to drive a car, then you're, you're paying for parking. So maybe if you can buy down that cost a little bit, the, the cost could be similar, but certainly a, a high technology way of travel that, could be coming to uh, Baltimore and DC and New York and all these places. And it'll certainly be something to, to keep a big eye on. And if they do choose Cherry Hill, keep an eye on, you know, interesting about Cherry Hill is the area they want to put it is a lot of industrial properties. So those industrial properties would need to be bought out. And if that happened, then you could sort of build this sort of new hub and small downtown around there between Cherry Hill and Westport. So two interesting scenarios. Do you put it in the heart of the action or do you create a, uh, a new hub of uh, mixed-use development and, and transit. So it'll be an interesting story right. to follow. Hopefully we're alive to uh, see it when it actually goes to New York City or Boston. But uh, I guess this could be the wave of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to, to, to see how this develops. And it's exciting. It's, uh, you know, like you said, this could really uh, develop the Cherry Hill area or we bring it downtown. Either way, I know there'll be lots of back and forth until it actually happens. But um, I just hope we get to ride that train someday and I'm sure we will. Yeah. I know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my boys are, are super into trains. So I'm sure they would absolutely uh, yeah. love to take a ride on that though. They won't be kids. Oh, they won't yeah. be kids anymore by the, no. by the time. Well, you know, I haven't, haven't been to Europe and stuff recently, you know, and, and, you know, it's amazing over there, the train systems and, you know, everybody gets around on train, train and bikes and everything. So it's just, you know, we definitely need more of that here. We need more, uh, you know, transportation opportunities in all different areas of the, of this country, especially in our tight corridor of the northeast here but uh yeah anyway kev so i know you got some uh we also got to talk about some openings and closings that are going on we got some exciting new things coming and you know a couple of disappointing places that had to have to leave us unfortunately but uh, i know you would like to talk about that a little bit yes the small business community always brings us lots of news in south baltimore but uh be more licks a really popular ice cream shop out of canton is coming to federal hill they purchased a building at 901 light street the owners are a couple of Barbara Maloney and Kimberly Proctor. They've done really well with their location in Canton, which has all different kinds of ice cream and sundaes and milkshakes. And uh, one of the big things that makes them popular, they have this huge ice cream mural in Canton, which leads to a lot of Instagram and Facebook moments. So they're they're putting another mural, which will, will fa face Light Street. So it'll be a, a cool looking building. It's there at the corner of Warner, or excuse me, Warren and Light Street. This was the old Patillas cleaner. So they're getting in there. They're hoping to open this by the end of the summer. And, uh, you know, Federal Hill is all of a sudden the hub of great ice cream because we have uh, the Charmery that recently opened on Cross Street. You have Taharka Brothers ice cream, which is coming to Cross Street Market. And now you'll have Be More Licks. So really the, the three biggest names of Baltimore ice cream will be uh, in the heart of Federal Hill. So certainly uh, exciting for those with a sweet tooth. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Getting back to Cross Street Market, where Target Brothers will be, uh, the Atlas Restaurant Group will, will really be the anchor of the Cross Street Market with this big uh, seafood crab house concept. It'll be uh, 5,200 square feet of indoor space with a, a rooftop deck the same size. This will be a 310-person bar and restaurant on that Charles Street side of Cross Street Market. So really, a, it, it would be pretty similar to uh, Chop Tank, which they have at, at Broadway Market at Fells Point. So this will be a uh, the space that was once Nick's Inner Harbor Seafood. So this will be a, you know, a higher end, but also, you know, casual bar type environment, crab house and seafood place, massive rooftop deck. So hopefully, hopefully by the time this opens, attended Orioles baseball games and uh, attended Ravens games 
might be back and they're shooting to open um, sometime next year, but construction has begun on that. And not only will they have the, uh, the seafood restaurant inside, but they're also having a, a seafood market uh, within the market where they're going to sell fresh cuts of fish and shellfish that you can buy to go. But there'll also be an oyster bar where you can get some oysters on the half shell and, and get some drinks and, and walk around the market. So that big project has broken ground and is finally moving forward. Uh, Charles Street's getting a lot of action these days when it comes to retail. A lot of space is filling up. So here's kind of a, a shuffle going on as the Book Escape, which has been at 805 Light Street for 17 years. They've decided to make the move to 925 South Charles Street, a space that's been vacant for about a year since uh, Be More Scrap moved to Pigtown. Uh, another place that's opening is Patorco. That's um, a CBD, hemp, and natural product store, which is opened at 1132 South Charles Street. That was the former home of Punch. That was a women's boutique. So they're offering uh, different natural products that you can buy there. And then we have some some closings that happened in the neighborhood. Philip Michael's studio at 1500 Riverside Avenue at the corner of Ford Avenue. That has closed. And then Long and Foster, which was once one of the biggest names in local real estate. They once had two offices on Light Street. Now they have none as the office at 1210 Light Street has closed. There's still a lot of places to uh, to get a realtor and walk into a real estate office in South Baltimore, but uh, Long and Foster's no longer in the picture. Any of the agents they had can now make the move over to the Fells Point office. And then uh, some interesting notes here, a couple bars that have been gone for many years uh, are getting renovated. You have uh, Tommy's Downtown Tavern, which was once at the corner of Cross Street and Scott Street in Pigtown. That entire building was renovated and that space became an office space. And then you have Leon's Bar, which is at the corner of Barney Street and Light Street in South Baltimore. And that bar has been gone for at least eight years. The uh, the liquor license dissolved on that. But that entire building, a big double wide three story building with the first floor retail space, that building's being renovated. I don't have any additional info on that at this point. Will it be all residential? Will it have a retail component? Could be another restaurant. I'm not sure. But the uh, the process has started to uh, make that something different. Awesome, Kev. Thanks for that update. And, and I just want to remind everybody out there listening that, uh, you know, things like if you want to see the Atlas group, their new concept at Cross Street Market, you know, check out southbmore.com where you can always take a look at the renderings and kind of get a visual. I mean, it's really cool what it's going to look like. It's just amazing what what uh, they've done with the market and, um, you know, the future of that. I mean, one thing, you know, myself being in a band and, you know, being an advocate for live music around the neighborhood, I can tell you that, you know, I'm hoping that they eventually maybe look at that, especially up top on the roof, on the roof deck, you know, we're a city of roof decks and, uh, you know, there's not a ton of roof deck bars out there. So the fact that we're going to get one at Cross Street Market is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Every time we show a rendering of what that rooftop deck's going to look like at at Watershed, which is the concept by by, by uh, Atlas Restaurant Group, it's certainly a wow moment that gets people interacting. So certainly that Charles Street side of Cross Street Market is going to look a lot different and we'll definitely have our largest outdoor dining and bar space in the heart of federal hill once that opens awesome awesome and i know you mentioned uh you know some real estate news within the closings we got some pigtown real estate news what's going on over in pigtown so yes in pigtown stored all self-storage opened a 699 unit storage building at 1018 south pocket street uh this property was part of a a three-story historic building that was once uh, part of all the the meat packing taking place in pigtown so that is now open. They, uh, it was a, a historic renovation. They also added an addition. So now a, a new storage option there on Pocket Street in Pigtown. And also part of this project 
is a is a lot that is this behind this at the corner of West Cross and Starrett Street. This was used as a staging area during construction. This was previously a small parking lot. But now the developer, Daniel Myers, is planning on building a restaurant building at this property. It would be a two-story restaurant building that could have a dining room and, and a kitchen on both floors. So this could be an opportunity to get a, a new bar and restaurant for Pigtown. Uh, Pigtown's a place that has uh, some places you can grab a beer, some places you can grab some food, but not a lot of places where you can do both. So this could uh, add a, a need for Pigtown, a, another restaurant. So uh, they're hoping to get that going, uh, maybe start construction on that within the year. And uh, uh, Myers is not going to run the restaurant himself. He would find an operator. So it uh, could be an opportunity to uh, get a good new restaurant there for Pigtown. Kev, so I know we have a Another really exciting topic to talk about here, and I'm, I think this is amazing that we would even be considered for this. You know, we all, we all know, we all live here in South Baltimore, and we all know the greater city of Baltimore is an amazing place to live. But uh, what better way to put us on the world stage than to host a World Cup? What's going on with that? So yeah, pretty exciting potential here, as Baltimore could be one of the host cities of the 2026 World Cup. There was a combined bid to host the World Cup between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, which was the winning bid. So there will be 10 United States cities that will be able to host World Cup matches. Baltimore's made the final 17, so they really need to uh, make their pitch to FIFA to be one of those cities. This bid is led by Terry Hasseltine from Maryland Sports, the uh, Lieutenant Governor Boyd Rutherford, Al Hutchison with Visit Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens are involved on this bid. So they're really trying to make the pitch that, that Baltimore should be a city that should host the event. Competition's going to be tough. Washington, D.C. is a finalist. Philadelphia is a finalist. New York City is a finalist. So certainly a lot of competition. Do they go with a model where they group a lot of cities in a small area where the, the travel is short or do they try to make it where this event is all over the uh, the continent in the United States? So we'll see where they go. But certainly with Baltimore's pitch, they're pitching. We have a stadium that's uh, on mass transit. It's, it's close to the Inner Harbor. It's close to hotels. It's close to downtown. There's all this new development going on around it when we talk about the Warner Street District there with the casino, which will have a top golf and music venues. You know, you're close to Federal Hill, the Stadium Square project. So certainly as far as location, there's not too many stadiums around the country that have a better location to M and a better location than M&T Bank Stadium. Well, the fact that we're Baltimore, not Washington, D.C. or New York hurt our chances, I guess we'll see. But certainly they're they're making that pitch. The decision um Probably won't be made for another year or two. And uh, as most things right now, they they gave FIFA a tour of our site. And of course, that was virtual right now. So they were they put together a video and, and talked up the uh, the pros of having the event in Baltimore. So we'll see what happens. But that would certainly be a world class moment for Baltimore if they could host the, the World Cup. And uh, it'd be a fun event. You'd get to see uh, people from different countries showing their pride coming to games. And it'd be really cool whether you're a sports fan, a, a fan of culture, or or a big soccer fan. Oh, that would just be so fantastic. I know you'll keep us up to date on that. It's a reminder to everyone out there that you can always get updated daily on southbmore.com if you check it out, and uh, make sure you subscribe. It's more of a just get signed up. It's not a paid subscription. It's just, hey, you know, you get a daily email that'll update you with all the, the news. But, Kev, you want to want to talk about anything going on with southbmore.com, the site itself? Yeah, we appreciate all of our, our podcast listeners. And if anybody's looking to get the word out about their business or their event or anything they have going on, definitely contact me. We'll see if we have any advertising that can fit your needs. But uh, everybody have a great week and uh, we'll look forward to 
giving you all the updates in South Baltimore each day. Awesome. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. All right. Take it easy. You're listening to This Week in South Baltimore, brought to you by SouthBmore.com. South